0: We are one, we are love, and we're all woven together. Hello, Woven in Truth community. This is Mallory Melcher-Post, your host. So grateful you are spending some time listening to the podcast today. We are just so grateful for your time and attention and encouragement that you guys always bring us. And uh, yeah, we are just... We pray for you guys often we want you to know that and we really care about you and appreciate your support all the time we've got an excellent episode for you today i am so excited to share our guest with you maria mccarg is with us to talk about what it means to be painfully faithful um, which sounds like a heavy subject this is her ministry but she is the most joyful ray of sunshine and so it's just so encouraging to connect with her. I've loved getting to know her and I know you guys will too. Maria, do you want to say hi to our audience?
1: Hi. Thank you so much, Mallory, for having me. I feel really honored um, and so excited to be here. Seriously.
0: Oh man. Well, we are thrilled for your time and your message. Um, I know it's gonna really encourage a lot of our listeners and me personally. Um, so the scripture I was thinking of to kind of kick off our episode was Psalm 94. And it's 18 and 19. It says, when I said my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, O eternal one, held me up. When anxiety overtakes me and worries are many, your comfort lightens my soul. And Mm -hmm. suffering can be unbearable. And if we don't know God is with us and for us through it, it's, you know, it really is. It can feel like that. And um, I know you're going to be talking about being painfully faithful and, and what that means and choosing God and holding on to him through that. So, um, I didn't know if you wanted to kind of introduce yourself a little bit more before we unpack all the <laughs> the heaviness of some of that. Do you want to intro yourself a little bit to the listeners?
1: Sure. Yes, I'd love to. Thanks. Yeah, so I'm Maria, and my husband Cash and I, we've been married for over 13 years, and we have two really um, sweet kids, Hunter and Isabella, they're... 12 and 10. I can't believe I have a middle schooler. Oh my Um, goodness. I know. I'm like dying inside. But yeah, that's (laughs) us. And we're super grateful just for all the ways God has been through with us through Mm -hmm. the suffering and the hard times and just the ways I'm trying to just share in my journey, share the pain with others.
0: Mm Definitely. Definitely. Well, I'd love for you to unpack more of that. Do you think you could, you know, share your story a little bit so people understand why this this concept is so meaningful to you?
1: Sure, I would love to. I, I know I, ha- I started, you know, Painfully Faithful podcast because of just when you look on the outside, like you, it looks like everything's great and mm-hmm. having no idea what's going on with mm-hmm. someone in the inside. And, um, so that's why I feel very passionate about this topic, but just telling you kind of what my story and how everything kind of happened for me. Uh, shortly after Cash and I were married, we, um, just dreamed, you know, we would just talk and about what our dreams are like, what do you want to do for God? Like, what do you want to do for the kingdom? What do you want to do with our family? And we just had, these dreams, God put it on our heart to want to go overseas, to want to go help churches overseas. And we had an opportunity to go to Madrid. And so we packed our young family at the time. we were Our kids were two and four years old. And we packed all their stuffies and all their things, um, but sold a lot of stuff too. And we moved to Madrid. And I mean, we were on a spiritual adventure. I mean, it definitely had its challenges, but it was, such an exciting time for us seeing um, just our prayers and our dreams coming true. Mm -hmm. And then about a little over a year after being there, I woke up one morning in intense pain. And shortly, maybe a few weeks later, um, I started getting weakness in my legs. And it was only a few days after that, that I couldn't really walk. And in our broken Spanish, we're trying to explain to the doctors like what's going on and their broken english <laughs> and you know medical terms that's not like in the spanish textbook oh yeah and we're trying to figure it out and i was able to get an emergency mri and that's when they found a tumor in my spinal column and uh, they say it was the size of a golf ball which yeah. <laughs> isn't that big but in your spinal column is big <sighs> and so it was blocking the fluid from going through my body and it totally just Took my central nervous system like out of whack, and so they we um, we went home and we were like, "What are we gonna do?" <laughs> and the doctors like, "You have to decide quickly." You know, they wanted to admit me right then in the hospital, but instead, you know, we took we took a few hours to pray. We decided to go to Boston, flew to Boston, and two days later um, had emergency surgery, and it was a twelve hour long surgery. Um, followed by another surgery. And um, I thought that I would be going home in a few days. They said, you're going to go home and watch Sunday football. And instead, I, that didn't happen. Uh, instead, I was paralyzed after the surgery. And I would be in the hospital for a month to relearn to walk, um, which has been, <laughs> it was about a two-year journey. of relearned to walk. Um, and it's still a journey. But a scripture that has really shaped my perspective through all of this is in Psalm 62. And so I want to read it for us. Um, I'm going to read parts of it. But starting in verse 1, it says, My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. And then in verse five, it says, find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. I love this so much, and it has so much meaning to me. Um, You know, like I said, it was a whirlwind. (laughs) And um, at first, I was just grateful to be getting help. When we got to the U.S., I was grateful to be able to understand what was happening. and But then when I got into the rehab hospital, because um, I had to relearn to walk, so I couldn't go home. I had to go to an acute rehab. And that's when kind of my new reality kicked in. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I was wide awake and my husband wasn't there. My kids weren't there. I was a fall risk. So just to go to the bathroom, I had to have two nurses come and help me go to the bathroom. So I couldn't get up and walk. I couldn't just lay there in the bed. And this scripture, you know, I feel like God just put it on my heart. Like I don't even really remember reading it a ton you know before this but god like i had my phone with me next to my bed and i just picked it up turned on the bible app and i turned to the scripture and at that moment i felt like 17 years of quiet times prepared me for this moment when oh. i felt hopeless and i was like like what am i going to do i felt like i have no other choice but to turn to god and i know that that is a blessing that i felt that way because I don't even want to think about where I would be if I didn't have that, you know, if that desire mm-hmm. to go to God and go to his scriptures. And, you know, because of just the the excruciating pain I was in and just how exhausted I was, um I, I couldn't read a lot of scripture, like a, a big chunks. And so I started just like picking out words. And so the words that from the scripture is rest, rock, and refuge. I call them my three R's. And I just say these, I still do this. Like when I'm just in a moment, like when I get a nerve spasm because I still have chronic pain um, or it's just a hard day, I just think rock, refuge, and rest. And that's really something that really helped me not give up. When at times I wanted to give up, you know, I had to do three hours a day of physical and occupational therapy. And I I mean, there were days that I didn't want to. It's like, no, I don't want to go. Seriously. I'm tired. I would do these little ankle rolls, you know, and I would be exhausted. I'm like, why am I so tired from rolling my ankle? But it took all the energy that I had to do these things. But thinking of these words, that God was my eternal rest, that God is my protector, my safe place. That God is my rock. When my world just like snap of a finger and my world just changed and turned upside down, our dreams just all blew up. Right. (laughs) You know, we had to find new ones. But at the time we didn't know what was going on or where we were gonna be. But God was our constant. God was our safe place. And I learned this term when I was in the hospital called muscle memory. And that was what brought me to the acute rehab hospital because I my legs technically were still able to function but because the central nervous system was all messed up and those nerves were taken out in surgery and damaged from the tumor they weren't able to tell my brain what to do so the message wasn't able to go from my leg to my brain to to move to bend and so the, the physical therapist said, if, you, if we just start rolling your ankle, or if I just start moving your leg, that your body's going to remember what to do. Like without, even though the, the nerves aren't going to be able to send the message to the brain, your body's just going to remember. If we do this every day, three hours a day, if we do this every day for three hours, your body's just going to remember what to do. And so that's what we did. Every day, I think I got Sundays off, thankfully, but (laughs) every day we did this for a month of just moving, moving my ankles, moving my knee, bending, bending my legs. I had these like parallel bars. I would try to stand with the bars and that little by little, my body would just remember what to do. And it just made me think you know, those times in the middle of the night reading Psalm 62, like what's my spiritual muscle memory? And that's where I, I started calling scriptures like Psalm 62, my anchor scriptures. I talk about anchor scriptures all the time. I really have a thing for anchors. I love them. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. it just reminds me, like my anchor scriptures are the scriptures that help me not drift. When the waters get rocky, that they help me just stay still with God and not drift. And that's that's why I love scriptures like Psalm 62, because it just helps me just remember that God is in control and that I don't have to uh, just, you know, there are times that I'm sad. I was going to say not give into my feelings, but I mean, I I cried a lot in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. I cried a lot when friends would come see me. I would cry when I couldn't pick up my kids and I couldn't play with them and I couldn't push them on the swing. That made me sad, you know? But I, I learned that I didn't have to um, just be, like I didn't have to be like full of self-pity, that God could still be my rock and my refuge and my safe place. That it was, it's okay. That's the whole idea of painfully faithful for me is that it's okay to be sad. Because sometimes the things that happen stink and they're hard. But, you know, God is still God and he is still my rock and he could still get me through. And so scriptures like Lamentations 3 in verse 21, I love it because he is talking about how terrible his life (laughs) is and how hard things are. And he goes, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. His hope is in God's faithfulness, not in himself, not in his circumstances, you know, not in, in me. That's what I learned. It's, you know, it's not about what I can do. It's about who God is, you know, that even when life is so hard that God is there, he's my hope. Another one is Psalm 46 and verse one says, God is my refuge. He's my ever present help. Like, these are just words that when I'm in my moment of hard time, I just say these words, my ever-present help. Like, Mm, that just helps me take a deep breath. I love that. And have perspective and have spiritual perspective. And just, you know, listening to, to, um, to God's words, his promises, but also, you know, my why is Jesus. You know, looking at his example, looking at how he endured looking at his perseverance and another scripture that just means so much to me, um, is in Hebrews chapter 12. I want to read it. It's in verses one through three. And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance You know, I mean, I, the pain that I went through was excruciating, but it will never compare to the pain that Jesus went through. Wow. You know, he went through that pain because of how much he loves me. No, I'm his joy. know, that's why he went through all of that. And that's why I have hope. You know, that's what allowed me and still allows me to have hope. You know, I th- I would think about that, like, okay, like Jesus endured. He did it so i could do do it it says to consider you know there's like i would just take time just to consider consider what jesus went through so that i could have hope in a time that looked really hopeless you know we didn't know what the future held we didn't know you know we still had our apartment in madrid we didn't know we thought we were going back in six months Uh, but then we found out that it was going to be a lot longer of a journey you know i was even after I went home and I was able to walk with a walker and uh, I was in physical therapy. And one day I just sat down. It was like maybe like three months. Cause we thought we were going back in six and I just sat t- down one day. Cause I was like, I'm just so tired of bending my legs. Like how am I going to walk the streets of Madrid and ride the Metro and the subway <laughs> Right. Right. Is this possible? I looked at my physical therapist because that was one of my like treatment goals was to go to Madrid. And I looked at her and I was like, so is this an like, is this a, a dream that, I mean, is this a goal, like a realistic goal? And she like sat me down and was like, I don't, I don't think so. not right now i think you should talk to your doctor more about that but you know just say that to say that like we didn't know what the future was going to hold for us we had no idea you know we had different plans but when i just think about how jesus endured how he persevered that it allowed me to just have have peace have hope have confidence that he was going to take care of us that god God knew our future, and He was going to take care of us, and He did. I mean, it was insane when we came to Boston. Just the way the disciples poured their hearts out and loved us—we had nothing here, and they just totally took care of us. It was around Thanksgiving and Christmas time, and the way the families just served us and got toys for our kids and just loved us—like those are memories that I will never forget. They're certain, there are certain disciples I look at and I just, every time I see them, my heart melts. Cause I just remember the way that they loved mm-hmm. my family and I, I'm like, that's a blessing and it's all from God. And I'm so grateful for that. But you know, even now, as I'm, as I'm talking to you, like it's seven, it's been almost seven years since this happened and I still have chronic pain. I'll always have a damaged spinal cord every year. I have to go for an MRI and i i like i get nauseous when i have to look at the (laughs) mri Mm -hmm. and see the indent in my spinal cord and i'm like that'll that'll always be there that that is irreversible but i could still have hope you know i still i still hold on to the anchors to god as my anchor to his word to his promises and sometimes, like when the pain is feels unbearable, it's sometimes it's like a, it's like a punch to the gut, <laughs> you know. Like I'll be okay, and all yeah. of a sudden I just get like a nerve spasm. Ugh. That's like somebody's like just, yeah, just punched me in the gut. And you know, it's okay. Yeah, you know, there is part of this battle that feels lonely because nobody, you know. Sometimes we feel like nobody understands us. Right. But as much as I try to like, under like explain the pain, like. Even my husband, who's so amazing, like I literally am so eternally grateful to my husband, the way that he's loved our family, the kids and I, and helped us through such really hard times. But as much as I even try to explain it to him, like he can't fully understand it, which is why God and his word needs to be my anchor. And, you know, that there are certain things like we need people to help us. We, we need to have a community of of disciples and people that we can remind each other to not give up and to hold on. But there is a part of this that we have to go through alone with God, but just to know that like he understands, he knows when we feel like nobody knows, nobody gets it. That's a lie from Satan because God knows and he's there with us. And so when I, when I'm in pain and I'm exhausted or I feel lonely or sad, I try to just remember that God loves me and he is with me. And one more scripture I'll read that I that I hold on to a lot um, that I read. I read a lot uh, because when I feel a nerve spasm, I will start to get nervous. Like I'll start to get anxious. Like, is there something wrong? Is everything oh, of OK? Course. Yeah. And so sometimes so I'm not feeling maybe peace in that moment. And so when I read Isaiah 26 and verse three, it helps me have peace. It talks about god's perfect peace you know that god will give us perfect peace that god will give us rest and when i read that it reminds me that god i'm able to have peace like in god <laughs> not in my circumstances because the circumstances if i look at that i won't have peace but i but if i look at god and i just can re- be reminded of of what he's done not how i'm able to have peace and sometimes when I am just having a hard time or I'm in my feelings, like I just have to like write it down. I just have to, or if I have my phone, I just have, um, like pull up a document on my phone and just write things that I'm grateful for, or just be reminded or just pray and just thank God for the simple things. Like something I just started doing again, which just might sound silly, like, duh, of course, like, in my circumstance, but thanking God that I have two working legs, because even though I've, I've kind of, you could say like overcame and relearned to walk. And so it could seem inspiring to other people, right? Like, wow, like you, you did this, but being the one in the moment going through it doesn't feel inspiring. And because I'm like, quote unquote, not healed and still have pain, like it's, I'm still in the trenches. Like I still feel like I'm in the battle. So I've started just every morning when I pray, like, thank you, God, for my two working legs. It just wow. reminds me of the miracles that God has already done. Yes. And so just to remind me that He's still going to do miracles, and they might not be the ones that I want it to be. Like I might always have chronic pain and I might always get unexpected nerve spasms at really bad moments when I don't want it to happen. Like when I stand up and about about to speak to a room full of people, Ooh. <laughs> that's an inconvenient time. Yes, yes. You know, God is still with me and people are very gracious. And I am so, so grateful for that. And just for even opportunities like this to be able to just share my story, share my pain, Uh, Just to to let others know that we're not alone. We have each other and we have God.
0: Yep. Yep. Thanks. Amen. I am so grateful for you sharing your story. I can't even imagine kind of you're unpacking it. And it just sounds like it all evolved so quickly, but so intensely. Like your life literally flipped upside down. And, um, but to hear kind of where God's taken you through it, I think it's such a beautiful testimony. Um, and I so appreciate you being so vulnerable and sharing your pain and your journey and even kind of that it's still there. Like, it's not like you're on the other side of this and you just have this, you know, lovely little, you know, existence now. I think it, it literally changed you, you know, and it changed your future and it changed what you thought, you know, life was going to be and. Uh, But then there's still so much goodness and and wonderful things you hold on to. And I feel like there's so much that you let God work and grow and develop in you that is so beautiful. And now you're using that to help others. So I'm so grateful for that. I did want to like maybe ask you to unpack a couple more things because I thought it was so helpful. I think when you were even describing like, here you are, you're like finally living this dream of being in another country and you have these two young kids that you probably prayed for. And you know, like all these things that it just seemed like things were quote unquote falling into place, you know, for what you hoped your life would be. And then it's like, you're smacked with suffering. And I think, I'm just wondering what the process was like in terms of the disillusionment like even when you're talking about you were talking to maybe that PT or somebody and you were like oh can I am I gonna be able to walk on cobblestone streets like and they're like looking at you like uh I don't know if you're ever gonna even you know what I mean like I'm just wondering even what that process was like for you because for me the disillusionment I can get pretty stuck there amid suffering and I my suffering I feel like doesn't even compare so I'm just curious what how you navigated that piece, and I know you said you had your anchor scriptures, but I just feel like disillusionment is such a big thing for so many of us, and honestly, for me, I can even get stuck there, and I don't even let God take me through to that point of desperation, to that point where I'm relying on him, because I'm just so stuck in disillusionment, so I was hoping you could maybe speak to that a little bit
1: sure yeah so there's a few things that come to mind uh just thinking about that and I think for me one of the scriptures that came to my mind was in James 1 you know just talking about considering it pure joy the trials of many kinds oh yikes so we think of trials joy is definitely not the first thing that comes to mind no but when this happened you know we had we had prayed so much about going to Madrid we had prayed about it and I I was studying out faith and I studied out Sarah was somebody I studied because I was like, you know, it's going to get hard. Like, I know it seems like, Ooh, Kasha and Maria are going on this adventure, this European adventure. <laughs> but I, I knew it was going to be hard. you just friends. I knew that were missionaries and went overseas. Like I knew it wasn't going to be a cakewalk. And so I didn't want to, once I got there and it got hard, be like, wait, God, Like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And so I just really prayed to have faith. And I, that's what Sarah was somebody that, you know, I was, that I studied out that really helped me, um, you know, just to be an example to me of faith. And even when things didn't go as planned and didn't go as the way she thought, just continuing uh, to have faith. And so when things got really hard, you know, just, just being away from home, being away from our family, our aging parents you know, it got, it got challenging. And I would say, God didn't bring us this far to fail. And I would just say that to Cash and I, we would just say that to help us when we would feel like this isn't what we thought it would be. (laughs) Right. I know I thought at times it would be hard, but this is feels really hard. Yeah. And so I just, we would just say to each other, like remind each other, like God didn't bring us this far to fail. And so when I was in the hospital, I remember thinking like, Okay, like I thought that was a trial, but these—they're trials of many kind because now this is a bigger one. But right, getting to like work through that trial and tell each other, God didn't bring us this far to fail, allowed us to do it, in even a harder moment of God didn't bring us this far to fail. And I mean, there were times that each of us would be crying and like wondering what was happening, um, but that was just something that we would say to help—to help us to feel like. Um, like we could we could get through this. And this is not what we s- thought we signed up for. Um, but like God is allowing us to to get through this. So that's kind of the first thing that came to mind um with just thinking about like why is this
0: happening? <laughs> no, I love that. I think that's really helpful. I think I don't love <laughs> going through that stuff. And kind of like you said, when you get to those points where you're like, well, surely it can't get worse. (laughs) It's like famous last words. Yeah. Don't say that. Right. Don't ever say that. Um, but I love your perspective because I think it's one of faith instead of one of like, I think it's, it's what you see the, the people in the Bible relying on and going to and being rooted in, because I feel like you even mentioned something about what God's allowing, not that he like wants to inflict pain or suffering on any of us, but I think there's something that God is really revealing. I've been doing um a deep dive study on contentment. And it's funny because I didn't even know we were going to talk about this, but I just feel like the spirit's kind of taking this direction like, this idea of a perspective shift and and basically what makes faith really meaningful and real and genuine is like this idea of, um, I had coffee with a friend the other day. She lost her husband really young, freak you know, like out of nowhere kind of thing. And she was sharing with me that so often we fight what God's allowing rather than learning from what God's allowing and drawing closer to him through it. Um, and I just feel like that's a little bit of what you were communicating too. Like, and even feeling so loved in your journey of faith, because I liked what you and your husband would say of like he didn't bring us this far. And even feeling like, okay, he prepared me for this. Like, I'm sure you still felt unprepared sometimes. <laughs> totally. But I love that you even felt that of like this is what he was developing in me because he loves me, because he wanted to give me what I needed. In this time to draw close to him and his heart, um, in the same way as mothers, you know, when our kids suffer, all we want to do is be there for them and take it away. Yeah. You know, it's like, and yeah. just knowing that that's his heart for us as well. I think it's interesting for me because I really admire endurance and like you and your perseverance. <laughs> I admire it in others. You know, I watch these videos, of these like athletes and stuff and their endurance, their perseverance, but I fight its development in myself. you know what I mean? Like I want it, but I also don't want to go through. <laughs> yeah.
1: so that's what I'm talking about all the time when I'm like, yeah, like the underdog stories. We love the underdog yes. story. Yes, we do. Being the one going through it, like the middle, you know, the act two, there's act one, two and three. The yes. Act two, like that's like, that's the hard part. That's the crying that nobody sees.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. The second trimester of the underdog story. <laughs> nobody wants that. You don't want to be the underdog at that point. You want to be it at the end when everyone's cheering right. for you like Rudy. Rudy. <laughs> yeah. That one. Um, I, I had a question for you. Okay. Um, I heard this statement the other day and I don't exactly know how I feel about it, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Somebody was bringing up the idea of befriending suffering rather than fighting it. Um, And as somebody who's been through a lot and still suffers pretty much daily, you said you have chronic pain. Mm -hmm. Like, how does that land on you? And as a woman of faith, like, maybe how would you translate that? Hmm. That is, that's a heavy (laughs) question. Sorry,
1: surprise. No, it's all good. It's so funny because even going
0: through all this and I mean, I, I don't love suffering. You're not friends with it. That's how I felt. I was like, I don't want to be friends with it.
1: I think I would say maybe like lean into suffering like that would maybe that that's what I would reframe and translate it. Um, I was also a social worker before being a minister. And so You know, I, I like those kind of terms. So I'm like, you know, leaning into suffering, maybe Mm -hmm. like not, Mm -hmm. not trying to run from it because I will say that even what I was talking about, like now, you know, because in the, in the, like, the moment that everything kind of turned upside down, it was kind of like, okay, like I need to focus and do my, like, I need, I need to like do what I need to do here. You know, it was like the adrenaline pumping, like, like it's, it's go time, which I know so, probably sounds crazy, but <laughs> it's got to happen. No, not at it.
0: all. Yeah.
1: But, but now it's kind of like, okay, like the, it, it's still happening, you know, the prolonged, Um, So it's still happening. And so like when I feel pain, I, I, I want to get like mad. And so I have to like talk to myself. Like I have to take a deep breath and say like, it's Okay. <laughs> rock refuge dress like it's it's just it's just a nerve spasm like it's gonna come and go and so that's what I think of like leaning into suffering like because the more that I get frustrated with it like the worse it feels and then I get tense and then I get stressed and then my body actually feels more pain because now I'm stressed out because I'm just frustrated like why are you doing this to me body you know totally and so that's what I think of of just like leaning into it I mean I guess maybe some people that are maybe more faithful than me want to be friends with it
0: but I'm like, I'm like I'll, I'll lean into it and not I don't, try, to, hide, not well, try that's, to fight it right 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 that's why I was asking because like that's the last friend I want to have right like, like I don't want suffering to sit at my table like but I think I like what you said I think it's I think in the spiritual journey, it's like we're really befriending Jesus himself to walk through it with us. Because I do think there's something about, like you said, if we're just fighting it all the time, it makes it really hard to process anything else, anything good, anything. Because to me, pain in general, it's kind of our body way of telling us something's wrong. Like, this is wrong. This isn't, you know, like, okay, if your hand's hot, it's on a hot stove. That's pain. Like, move it. That's wrong. That's dangerous. And but then I think when people deal with it chronically, I have so much faith for, I know some sisters out here in San Diego that have fibromyalgia, they have cerebral palsy, There's different things that just literally plague them. And they somehow, some way, you know, just are empowered by the spirit and by Jesus. And they are kind, loving, faithful, wonderful women that just show me that there's so much there's so much depth to be grasped by, by accepting these things. And like you said, I think embracing what we can and and clinging to God in what we kind of can't because there's some days, I don't know. I'm curious. What do you do on like the really bad days? Like, I know you mentioned it a little bit, but like, you know, those days where maybe you just don't feel like you have that great perspective or you do just want to say, why me? You know, like, what do you do? What carries you through? I go to my room. No, <laughs> oh, sometimes no we have to put ourselves in.
1: <laughs> well, uh, the next words out of my mouth are not going to be good. Right. Um, right. Right. No. Right.
0: Yeah. There's nothing wrong oh. with that.
1: <laughs> I think, you know, something that I've continually learned is just like, it's okay to be sad and joyful at the same time. Like, I, I, for some reason I would feel bad that I was like upset with what was happening. Like I thought it was wrong for some reason. And then because I felt like, Oh, you know, as a disciple, like I should be joyful. I should be grateful. Like, and I still was, and I still am, but sometimes I like, sometimes it just feels so hard or it's just so sad. Right. Like just, the way that things are and you don't want them to be and uh so I think for me just taking a moment maybe for myself like like you said like just I I mean I do a lot in my day to manage pain um like I I have my ice pack my heating pad I stretch before I get up in the morning before I go to bed I walk two miles a day um, I do yoga, like I do a lot to manage pain. So sometimes when I still have it or like an unexpected, like hard one comes, it could be a lot to handle. And so I think, you know, just sometimes I do have to say to my family, like, Hey guys, like, I'm just going to go take a break. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, cause when I don't, then I ha- wind up having to apologize to
0: everybody. <laughs> cause yes. you know,
1: when it's like really excruciating, like it's, you're not at your best. Like you're of course, yeah, not at your best. And so just needing to go when it's not, when it's at the point of unmanageable or feeling unmanageable, I just need to go lay down yep. and, yep. you know, so close my eyes or listen to some music, listen mm-hmm. to some music sometimes really helps me just to have perspective when mm-hmm. I'm having a,
0: well, that's probably where some of that rest comes into play too of like, taking care of yourself in those times and letting, giving yourself permission to be human and to be in pain and letting, you know what I mean? Like embracing that too and not feeling like you're supposed to like grit through it or something like that actually can bring so much more pain. Which is,
1: is my character. Really? I'm like a hard worker. So there's a lot of times I think that's why early on that I wanted, I was like, okay, I got to do this and so but i have to you know like continually pick my head up that's why i have these words and these scriptures to remind myself that like to be gracious with myself because i'm like god is gracious yeah, with me. exactly like, he doesn't want me to exactly muster through this i mean there's times that i have to kind of push through a little bit but when it's when it's really bad like you know god is god is like gracious with me so I'm like it's time to be gracious with myself
0: exactly yeah sometimes we put higher standards on ourselves than what he even would ever call us to like he's so kind and he's so sweet with us and tends to us and loves us and then we're like telling ourselves what's wrong with you You know it just is so (laughs) crazy sometimes how we can you know Uh, the pressure we put on ourselves that maybe we we wouldn't even put on others you know what I mean like we wouldn't call other women to do that either but I love what you said too just about holding to your anchors on those really bad days or those bad like pain waves I think that applies so much to you can apply that to any kind of suffering too like I'm thinking um like other whatever mental emotional like circumstantial suffering as well like the anchor scriptures I think the concept to me of an anchor like you said to not drift I think it's much it's much easier for boats to drift much further when there's storms and when there's unrest you know what I mean like I think we can have our slow drift of like we don't even realize we're drifting and that's why anchor scriptures are really important because it's like if we're not rooted in something we're gonna kind of like look up and be like, Whoa, what happened? How did I get this far? Yeah. Yeah, Like, where am I? Like, why am I like such a mess? Or why am I like totally acting like I don't even have Jesus or I don't have hope or why am I, you know, yelling at my husband or fill in the blank? You know, I think, um, that's that slow drift, but I think those really bad days, those really hard moments, um, Mm -hmm. there's, there is something very valid about that kind of feeling like a storm. And I think all the more reason to have, those anchor scriptures, those things that we can kind of like you were talking about that muscle memory, just click into, even when it feels like, whoa, this is crazy. This is wild. But it's like, I just have to hold on right now until this wave passes. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that's so inspiring and all the more reason it's really good to do some of this good work and build these things in myself so that when these times come, I don't feel like Oh my gosh, what's happening? You know, like I have nothing, <laughs> like, which is how I feel sometimes. I'm like, why am I yeah. surprised? Life is hard. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Because then I talk to women like you and I'm just so in a good way, like convicted and inspired. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah. holy smokes, like she can do it. I can learn. I can develop, you know, and God wants to develop that in me too. So, but I love what you said too, that pain and joy, I might be rephrasing it. I'm sorry that pain and joy can coexist. Like you don't have to just pick a lane. (laughs) Right. You can validate the pain and that's hard, but you can also find joy. Do you want to unpack that a little bit more? I'd love to, I'd love to end on that. I think it's such a a beautiful message.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I feel like now going through what I went through and when I am sitting down with a woman and just talking about just difficult things maybe going on in somebody else's life, you know, just saying like, that stinks. (laughs) That's really hard, you know, just to validate like that this isn't easy, you know, sometimes we could say like, Oh yeah, I have chronic pain, but, and so it kind of like unvalidates the pain, you know, like I'm going through this hard time, but right. You know, but just like, I'm going through this hard time and God's going to get me through it. That's something that I think about with being able to be, um, sad and joyful or have pain and joy at the same time it's not one or the other it's both you know it's mm-hmm. like acknowledging that it's mm-hmm. there because the more I try to just pretend it's not there like more nags exactly we just feel unvalinated like it feels good for somebody to be like man that must stink <laughs> you know like I'm like yeah it does stink yes it does <laughs> But yeah. to say, but then someone to say, like, and God's gonna get me through it. You right. Know? And right. With you. God is with you through the pain. It's not one or the other. It's both. And that's those are the things like that's how I've continued to hold on to God is when I'm, you know, feeling upset is just remember the ways that I've held on to God god before and i've been able to mm-hmm. have pain and joy and that's what gives me the faith and the hope to be able to do it again like right. you said here somebody else's story increases our faith sometimes just re- reminding ourselves of our own story exactly and how, you know how you overcame through a hard time that's going to help you right now in this moment to overcome because totally. you did it once before god was with you that and he's with you now
0: hmm I love that. Thank you so much for just helping me personally. I think there's something about, you can borrow people's faith, but you can also borrow their hope. And I think there's something really cool about reclaiming that, you know, amid suffering, pain, whatever. Um, I'd love to end, if there's women listening, like, I just was curious what you would say to them. I know we were like, before we even started recording, we were talking about Um, For me, the heroes are these women like you who battle chronic pain but show up and are faithful, joyful, full of hope and still want to advance God's kingdoms, plans and purposes. Like, I just think that's so amazing, like, that kind of character and that kind of integrity and just that your faith is so uh, genuine. Like, (laughs) I think that's so cool. But we were also saying how, like, it can be so like you were mentioning when other people are suffering, like there's a lot of good things to say and there's a lot of bad things to say. <laughs> like like invalidating somebody else's chronic pain is never a good idea, or trying to reframe Yeah, trying to reframe it or get them focused. Like, no, 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 no. Um, we don't ever want to do that, especially because it's it is it's hard to understand other people's pain. Like, genuinely, like you said, like you feel like God and Jesus Himself are the only ones who understand sometimes, even the people who love you the most right can't really understand unless they're going through it too you know so I think um I just was curious what you would want to say to the women out there that maybe are in different spots with this either now present past future you know like what what message you would want to leave with them that relate to this
1: yeah that what comes to mind right away is you know to try to not compare your suffering or compare your pain when you were saying there's wrong things to say you know I think about, <laughs> Some things that good hearted people said, but weren't helpful of like, this is hard, but at least it's not dot, dot, dot. Right. And at least you don't have this, or at least this hasn't happened or, and like that, that actually invalidates what you're currently going through. It's like, okay, now I feel guilty. Exactly. My suffering's not worse than it is now. (laughs) And so I would say just to, to try to not compare and, you know, know that you're not alone that God is always with you. And if you're having a hard time having perspective to, to let a friend know, you know, maybe like you said, to borrow their faith or their hope to help you to know that you're not alone and to help you to not give up. Cause I can't even imagine where I would be right now without God as my rock, as God, as my hope. Like seriously, like I, I I don't even want to think about it. (laughs) And so
0: just don't give up. God loves you and he's with you. I love that. I think that's the perfect way to end this episode. Maria, thank you so much. It is so evident that God is your rock, your refuge, and your rest. And I I just want to borrow that and, and use that mantra in my life and have those same anchor scriptures. I'm sure everybody listening to like try to think through what your anchor scriptures are, you know, maybe write them down somewhere, cling to them. I like to set them as the wallpaper on my cell phone so that every time I click onto it, I just see God's word. And, and I am hoping that those develop just that muscle muscle memory Maria was talking about. So Maria, thank you so much for your time and for sharing and for being on the podcast.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. It was such an honor. So grateful for the time.
0: And I'm sure some people listening really related would love to hear more, learn more. Um, And you have your own podcast called Painfully Faithful, correct? I do. Okay, and how can they find you and find more of your content? Where would you point them?
1: Um, Well, you could find me Painfully Faithful on Spotify, on YouTube. And I also have an Instagram page, Painfully Faithful. And there too uh, is where people have been commenting or asking for prayer requests or things to to pray for people mm-hmm. or uh, answer some questions. So yeah, please look for me. I'd love to connect.
0: I'd love oh, to be in awesome. Thank you. And everybody listening, we will put those links in our show notes. So if you scroll to the bottom of this, we will put some of the links to Maria's content, um, on painfully faithful. Um, but everybody who listened, we are so grateful for you. And I love that Marie even said, you know, send in your prayer request. I think that's so huge when you know you're not alone, you are in community, and you are so loved and seen. Um, thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time on the podcast. We are.